in 86 And a Martin wrote the first book of what became a Club. Uh, welcome to the I Babysitter's don't. Club Club. I don't like it. Little Sister, Little Episode. It's a Little Sister, Little Episode. This is a um, Little Sister episode where we talk about the series of books by Anne M. Martin tracking uh, Karen Brewer. I don't like it when you take charge well, the, of the podcast. This is, no, this is my, the Little Sister's Little Episodes are my time to shine. I know. Um, I'm Tanner Greenring. And I'm Jack Shepard. And we're here to talk to you about Babysitter's Club, colon, Little Sister, book number two, Karen's Roller Skates. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know how to do it when I'm not the Christie. Oh, man. We got such a good email this week. <laughs> Someone put you on blast. Someone put me on blast. They emailed us and they said, hey, guys, Jack's a Christie. <laughs> hey. He's, he's bossy. Uh. This was probably his idea. <laughs> And Tanner's a Claudia, which I take issue with. She I, was just essentially saying I'm dumb. She was just kissing up to you, I thought. Anyway, we're here to talk to you about Karen Brewer. Yeah. Tell why why are we doing this? Why do we do these? Why do we I I just feel like it's better when Doesn't I matter. am taking the lead. Doesn't matter on why the we're podcast. doing it. We're just doing it. Can I interview you? Yeah, please interview me. Tanner. About my visionary podcast, yeah. uh, Babysitter's Club, colon, Little Sister. Uh, I will. Do we record these episodes fresh, or did something happen before we recorded the episodes? No, we record these episodes after we've recorded a full-length version of our podcast, the Babysitter's Club Club. So would you say that we're like little Jackie Radowskis who jump backwards in time? Yeah, these these podcasts kind of go out whenever we uh, feel it's necessary. Right. And this is important. Yeah. It's more of a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been drinking. Yep. So these episodes tend to be a little more... A little looser. Loosey-goosey. A little looser. Jack uh, Shepard. Yes. When we record mm-hmm. our hit podcast, mm-hmm. The Babysitter's Club Club, mm-hmm. there's a segment in which you describe the plot of the book. Right. In one sentence, and it takes you five sentences. Uh-huh. In little sister, little episodes, <laughs> I hold you to one sentence. Right. Jack Shepard. Yes. Can you... In one sentence. In one sentence, no semicolons, mm-hmm. describe to me mm-hmm. and the baby nation right. the plot of the book, Babysitter's Club, colon, little sister, number two, Karen's roller skates. Karen Brewer's dreams of being a world-class athlete are crushed. After a horrific accident. Okay. Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Little sister number two. I um I think that's about right. I expect <laughs> so much. What's the opposite of brevity? <laughs> when you started talking, yeah. I like looked down. <laughs> stop paying and attention. I started like peeling the <laughs> label off my beer. Mm-hmm. It was caught totally off guard by the fact that you... You took me to task last time, and the last little sister, you fucking put me on blast. About time someone did. (laughs) Tanner, you're the boss of this episode. Yeah, let me tell you what I'm about to do. Okay, you're going to tell me... In the Babysitter's Club Club, I get 60 seconds to describe the plot of the book. Uh In Babysitter's Club Club colon little sister... Little episodes. Little episodes. Yeah. I get 30 seconds. And I just put the 30 seconds on the clock, and you just do it, right? Yep. All right, Baby Nation, Tanner is now going to describe in 30 don't, seconds. Don't read. No, you don't get to set it up. It's Start so the difficult for me. Babysitter's Club, Little Sister, Episode 2, Tanner, 30 seconds. Let us begin now. Okay, 
Karen Brewer has roller skates. She breaks her wrist trying to jump over two coffee cans. Mm -hmm. She gets a cast. She immediately starts a competition with someone else, a little boy in her school, who Ricky, who also breaks his ankle to see who can get the most autographs and the autograph from the most famous person. She gets uh, Morbid of Destiny's autograph. That's it. That's all that happens. Did I do it? 30 seconds. Yes! <laughs> Fuck you, Jack Shepard. Wow. <laughs> it's not a competition. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you, you Jack Shepard. <laughs> you got it done. We got a lot that we need to get into. This was a, a little book. It was short. Anna Martin keeps it short, but goddamn did she pack a lot into these 80 pages. Oh, man. Fucking God. hell. Hell yeah. Ugh. Um... While you're leading the charge, man, you, why don't you say what you want to talk about? I got a lot that I want to talk about, but you're leading the charge. You want to you want to fucking bring me in here, boss? Uh, um, all right, yeah. So Karen Brewer mm -hmm. breaks her wrist and needs to go see a haunting new figure. Oh yeah, in Stony Brook. Yep, called the Bone Doctor. The Bone Doctor. Um, and he actually is just a, kind of a, a bone doctor. Yeah. He sounds scary. Bo Bone Doctor sounds like a kind of a scary lab label. Let's get into what he does. Like, she goes to the hospital, and she's like, what are we going to do? And then they're like, no, we're going to take you to the Bone Doctor. Now you'll see the Bone Doctor. And she's like, what's the Bone Doctor do? And he just says, we need to see if your bones are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's a lot of scary people in this book. Yeah, I got to capture another one. Did you capture this one as well? The Dog Catcher. Oh, yeah, the dog catcher. The dog catcher. So uh, Karen, once she breaks her little wrist, she wants to get her cast signed by someone famous. Right, the most famous person she can find. And because the she meets this other kid in the hospital waiting room who has broken his ankle, and he's right. like, oh, my dad knows a famous baseball player who's going to sign my cast. And right. Karen's like... When we go to school tomorrow, I'm not going to be the, like the asshole who has the least famous people signing my cast. Right. So she goes around asking everybody if they know a famous person. And she gets a lot of Stony Brook big shots. She gets um, Shannon the dog. Yeah. And Boo Boo the cat. Yeah, she gets a lot of animals. But she goes over to the Papadakis' house, and she says, like, hey, guys, uh, do you know a famous uh, – any kind of a famous person? Right. And Hanny – her best friend says, nope, I don't know anyone. And then Mr. Papadakis comes over, and he just looks at her, and he goes, I know the dog catcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she just, like, she quickly, like, dismisses it. Like, oh, no, uh, no thank you. Uh, um, no, thank you. <laughs> don't need uh, the dog catcher's autograph. Uh, 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 um, there was also another terrifying figure, Jack. Yeah. Mr. Tasty. You caught it, too. The ice cream man. Mr. Tasty. The ice cream man. And we Mr. Got the, Tasty. Yeah. Who they... All, all of the young kids, yeah, of Stony Brook, including Hanny, Karen, and all the um, Kilborns, yeah, refer to to his face exclusively as Mr. Tasty. Mr. Tasty, they're yeah. convinced that's his real name. Uh, Karen says, "Mr. Tasty, Mr. Tasty, you're the most famous person I know. Will you sign my cast?" Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, of course." And he he come, gets out of his truck and he finds a pen. He writes. To Karen, one of my best customers, best wishes, Roger Jones. Yeah. And she says, well, who's Roger Jones? Yeah. And he says, well, I'm Roger Jones. Right. I don't like, in, first of all, in Little Sister books and in any Babysitter's Club book where Karen Brewer shows up, 
she's always pitted against forces of evil. She right. doesn't have she doesn't have guardian angels looking after her. Sorry, I disagree. Okay. I think she does have a guardian angel Please. looking after her. I think she has someone who is carefully protecting her from evil forces. Yeah. Doing things like putting powerful enchantments on her cast. Okay. Etching these uh, runes of protection. You're talking about her dad? No. Okay. I'm talking about her protector. Yeah. Her silent guardian, Morbid of Destiny. Oh, I will not. So, Baby Nation, Little Sister Archipelago. Sorry? Little Sister Island. Yeah. Something smaller than a nation. Yeah. <laughs> like feudal state? Little Sister. Little Sister Island. Morbid of Destiny is the witch who lives next door to Karen. Right. And she is unequivocally an evil force in these books. Not necessarily. She is, and, like, I'm not, I just can't, cannot count. I think Anna Martin wants you to think she's an evil character, (sighs) but I think she's protecting Karen Brewer, and I think she is shaping this young, talented, sort of inherently magical being, Karen Brewer, into being a powerful witch someday. Um, and she, but she needs to keep her distance. But Karen, in order to kind of prove how brave she is and get the most famous person she knows autograph, right, goes over to Morbid Destiny's house. It's badass. It's so fucking brave. She's like, I like, I need to get a famous person to compete with this kid Ricky, who's getting a baseball player. And she's like, who's the most famous person I know? There's a literal fucking evil witch who lives next door. I'm gonna go over. Right. It's so brave. And she brings poor Hanny. Like Hanny is such a funny character. In these books, because Henny's like, are you serious, Karen? Right. Like, your plan for the day, like, she was like, let's play jump rope. And Karen's like, no, let's go to a witch's house. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> we um, have to go back. And to get her cast signed. Destiny obliges. Yeah. yeah. And signs Karen's cast. Yeah. With her true name. Yeah. She Habit. reveals her true name. Yeah. Which, as you know, yeah, now gives Karen power over her. Yeah, I agree with that. I will grant you that. Tabitha Porter. Tabitha Porter. Next to that was a drawing of a black cat. Yep. A black cat. Why had she drawn that? What was it? A spell? Maybe it was an awful sign that would attract other witches. What a horrible thought. You know what a black cat is, Jack? It's an awful sign that will attract other witches. In witch tradition, okay. a black cat is said to double any spell's power. Okay. And that you can learn more magic from a black cat than you can from any other witch. Where are you learning this from? This is on witcheslore.com. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cats also help with divination. Yeah, well, dude, like, this plays exactly into my hands. She's, like, that's not good. No, that's great. I think what Morbid Destiny is doing is cultivating, nourishing this magical instinct inside of Karen Brewer. I had such a different take. I had such a different take on the things that were written on Karen's cast. Man, and a lot of weird-ass shit is written on Karen's cast. Like, Morbid of Destiny writes what I think is a spell that is dangerous. She's trying to double her magic. You saw it. You read it on witcheslore.com. It's fucking, it's essentially might as well be written. No, she's lending her magic powers to Karen. No, she's not. She's trying to fucking, like, she's protecting her from the the bone stripper and from the dog man. Morbid Destiny hates Karen. 
The only thing that's keeping Karen alive right now is what was written on the cast by Karen's dad. Okay. He writes on her cast an eye of Horus. Okay. No, he doesn't. Okay. He okay. draws. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poke holes in this. I'm just gonna let you get there. He draws a picture of an eye of Horus. Yeah. It's just an eye. Then he writes an A, mm-hmm. and then he has a door, which signifies a door between worlds. Mm-hmm. And then he has a U. Yeah. Right? I adore so the, you. It's a pictogram. I adore you. The Eye of Horus, as you probably know, wards off evil. Yeah. Um, and it also signifies the waxing and the waning of the moon, uh, but the restored Eye of Horus, uh, who lost his eye in an epic battle in, the, in Egyptian mythology. Right. The restored Eye symbolizes renewal of order from chaos and it implies health so yeah. it's it's like it's essentially to ward off um the morbid destinies of this world and to no, fix it's to ward off her. the bone strippers they don't know it but watson right. brewer i agree with you watson is trying to protect karen yeah. and that is likely an eye of horus yeah but i think it's it's harry potter man it's the watson brewer's dumbledore yeah morbid destiny is snape yeah. You th- you want to believe that Morbid Destiny's bad all along, but it turns out she's yeah. been protecting Karen this entire time. Right. She's working with Watson Brewer maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The like this to me is as strong as it gets. It's an I, an A, a door, and a U. Yeah, I adore you. And the like the other like the I adore you. It's an I and a, yeah, exactly. An I and A, a door and a U. And the like the A and the U, if you like if you know even a smattering of Greek, alpha, upsilon, A and U together means a new, a fresh again. It means renewal. Okay. And the door, and this is this is pretty significant for me, and I think that this is like this is kind of the crux of this. The door to me is a door between worlds, which is somehow opened up, and that I that I think that, that Watson is trying to close for Karen. Did you notice how when Karen talks about how she fell over and broke her wrist, like every time she talks about it, she has a different memory as yeah. if of a parallel universe where yeah. it was like slightly different. Yeah. Like the first time she talks about it, she's like, "Oh, I broke my wrist because I jumped over." Two cans on my roller skate, right? And, and then, then I like turned around and like fell, fell over. Yeah. And then the second time she talks about it, she's talking to Hanny, and she's like, "Oh, I I jumped over four cans, and I did a like spin in the air, right? And then I fell over. And then the third time she talks yeah, she about tells, it, she tells the story over and over again. By the end, it's ten cans. She right. did a triple flip. Yeah, she landed it perfectly. Right. And then there was a caterpillar and all of her baby caterpillars, right. and she had to jump over them too and right. biffed it. Yeah. And broke her wrist. Why is she remembering these different but similar parallel universes? I think that a door she's between stepping through doorways. A door between worlds has been opened. And what Watson does when he writes on her cast is he closes those doors. Okay. Well, it could be the case that this is Morbid of Destiny doing maybe you're right. Maybe Morbid of Destiny is fucking with the time continuum. Which is something she's capable of doing, we discovered right. in this book. They, the kids, the Kilborns and the Brewers yeah, and Hanny all see her out in her garden collecting herbs at one point. Yeah. And Karen says, I bet she's gathering herbs for a spell. Right. What kind of spell? asks Andrew, his voice trembling. 
I don't know, something awful. Maybe a spell to take away Christmas, oh, which is yeah. something she's capable of doing. I looked it up. Well, um, this is like you were fucking talking earlier about morbid of destiny as being like a force for good. She's literally working on a spell to take away Christmas. That's fucking bullshit. It's possible to do, man. Yeah. Oh, it can be done. Yeah. Spellsofmagic.com casting instructions for the future futurum spell. Oh shit! Light a candle, then light jasmine and wave it around as you say this. Grant me the power. Don't say it. To I mean, see the future and or if. So that's how you would get. That's the future future spell. That's how you you skip time. Do you think it's dangerous? To so I think be she's probably growing jasmine. Telling baby nation. Oh, sorry. Can you redact? Can you just beep all that out? I mean, maybe we can we can blur out like the specific. It's so it's possible to skip time. To skip it, like to skip a moment in time. Right. I found that particular passage troubling because. I've always thought of Morbid and Destiny as having bigger plans than just canceling Christmas. Maybe she's well, Jack. I think you're. I think you're so. You're so short-sighted. Okay. Maybe something awful happens on Christmas. Oh. Maybe she's saving Karen's life. Maybe Karen. I don't understand why you're defending her. I like, just think I think there's more going on here, man. So in the in the Little Sister books, um, they have pictures which is awesome because it means that it's fewer pages right like you get like you just get a whole page that is, that's a picture and you just get to skip past it and you don't yeah. have to read all of it yep um did you see the picture of morbid of destiny yeah she looked like a pretty <laughs> she looked lady. like she was like 47 yeah <laughs> she's probably our age she looked beautiful so i went two ways on that one way and this is this is like Not aging this is what ann matthews martin is doing that's so fucking brilliant one way you could go is the morbid of destinies not a witch and karen's just got an active imagination and not fucking likely and also like this lady who seems old to karen is actually just like a fucking only like 47 years old right you could go another way which and martin prepares you for which is Morbid and Destiny is a fucking witch. When you look at her, when you look at an image, an icon of her, right. you see her the way she wants to be seen. She's like 2,000 years old. Right. But what you see when we look at this fucking book, and I'm like, I'm getting like tingles thinking about this right mm-hmm. now. When we look at the book, we can't see her the way that she actually is. We see her the way she wants us to see her. Yeah. These Karen little sister books are so full of just deep lore and understanding about the witches and the dolls and may i say the bees yeah did you catch that yep i caught it christy was still holding my hand she made me smile this is when karen has just broken her wrist yep what is the first thing that christy does she made me smile by singing a song about a baby bumblebee Bumblebee. yeah the first thing that Karen Brewer's sister does when, like, push comes to shove, there's a massive crisis. It's, like, time to just, like, act in the moment, let your mask slip, and just be right. Karen what you just are. just broken one of her mandibles. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrist. Yep. And what does Christy sing? She sings an old song, as we all know, as we all would know if we were bees. Yeah. She sings a classic nursery rhyme about a baby, baby bumblebee. bumblebee. Right. 
You know who doesn't sing nursery rhymes about baby bumblebees? Human people. Human people. <laughs> right. You know who does Our probably families sing songs to each other in times of crisis about a baby bumblebee? A sentient bee. A sentient bee. Bee I'm theory s- rears its ugly head once again. <laughs> Here it is. There it is. Jack. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. have a first degree burn? First degree burn. I certainly did, my friend. Here's what I got as my first degree burn. Seth. Yeah. First of all, fuck Seth. I'm cool. No, I'm not into it. Like, I don't know her mom. I don't know her mom. I don't like her. Yeah. Because she, like, got favorable custody. And we only get to see Karen every other weekend. She's the goddamn best. Fucking love Karen. Here's what Seth writes on Karen's cast at the end of the novel. You are too nice to be. Also, you and are and to and be. You are too nice to be for the number. The number gotten. Love Seth. As a stepfather, the idea of forgetting at all your stepdaughter, your child, right. your fucking child, like that shouldn't even enter into the conversation. And he's like, what he is saying by writing that on the cast is, I was going to forget you, but it turns out you're kind of not. I'm trying. I'm trying. So hard to forget you. I'm trying to forget you. I'm just trying to start a new life with my new (laughs) Yeah, my new beautiful, gorgeous wife. And all I want to do is forget that she's had children from previous marriages. Yeah, but you're too nice. You're just too nice. Yeah. What My burn we- of the week. Yeah. Okay. Karen broke her wrist. Mm-hmm. She's lazing about on the couch. It's not a burn of the week, by the way. People keep doing things for her because they feel bad for her. But as the day drags on and she still insists on their sympathy, mm-hmm. people lose interest. Near dinner time, when I said, Hey, Andrew, give me my coloring book, Andrew replied, No, I'm busy. <laughs> David Michael, you get my coloring book, I ordered. Yeah. Get it yourself, he replied. You can walk. <laughs> That's good. Which I thought was good. It's yeah. like, yeah, she can walk. She just broke her wrist. That is good. She can yeah. go get a coloring book. And yeah. she does. She goes and gets it. Well, and Karen, like, there's something in, in the like in the water, in the brewer fucking household. Because yeah. Karen's just being a regular Christie. She breaks her wrist and she starts, like, treating everybody like they're her fucking slave. Right. All right, man. Well. We've got another segment that we need to get through. Hey, cool it. This is my uh, show. Fuck, I hate it. Um, Jack, we've got one more segment we need to get to in okay. this Little Sister Little episode. It's a segment called The Lil Sniffle. <laughs> little Sniffle. Was there a moment in here that, you know, kind of caught you off guard and you thought, oh, oh, this is, this is touching me emotionally. I'm not crying, but... Kind of touched me emotionally? Maybe I had a little moment where I was like... Oh, gotta gotta sniffle a little bit because uh, this this touched me in a s- small way emotionally. Right. What was yours? Here's mine. Right when Karen breaks her wrist, Andrew, who is fucking useless in general, rises to the occasion, runs into the house to get his parents to come and call the ambulance. Yep. In that moment, Shannon, her dog, puts her paws on Karen's shoulders and licks the tears off of her face. Yeah. That at first made me feel like I was having a little sniffle. Uh And then I was like, maybe it's schadenfreude. And Shannon is not a fan of Karen Brewer. And it's just like, 
enjoying licking those salty tears right off of her face. Right. But there's a brief moment where I was like, well, that's that's cute. That's a lovely moment. She yeah. put her paws on her shoulders. She licks the tears off of her face. Yeah. That's it. It didn't make me cry. I didn't even... Honestly, it left me pretty cold. Yeah. But little sniffle. Everyone yeah. is signing Karen's cast, mm-hmm. and they're doing rude poems mm-hmm. and weird acrostics. Yeah, it's a, the most eclectic cast signing. Some of them are impossible to decipher, mm-hmm. but David Michael mm-hmm. Thomas signs Karen's cast. Right. And he just says, in a very straightforward way, get well soon, David Michael Thomas. Wow. <laughs> and that's and- my little sniffle. He's just, he's just like, you know what? All these other people are writing rude poems. Yeah. And he just says, get well soon. His one says- is the only genuine cast signing. Right. My favorite cast signing is Max from Next Door, Shannon Kilborn's brother, who just writes, hi from Max. Yeah, hi from Max. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good, too. That's also an- another little sniffle. That's a little sniffle. Max is just excited to be there. <laughs> yeah, he's just pleased to be there. He doesn't get quite what's going on. No. Jack Shepard, it was yeah. such a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Oh, he's oh he's getting out his phone. He's no, looking not, up. I'm not getting out my phone. Do I'm you want to... Oh, I have a text from my uh, uh, wife. You know who would be good at saying what the next Little Sister book is? But have to really quickly... You know who's on this, this podcast today? Is text from my wife. the uh, host of the hit podcast, The Babysitter's Club oh, Club, Jack Shepard. Um, uh, why don't we let Jack say... The next book we're going to be the, reading next be, week is going to be Little Sister I, Number I Three, uh, Karen's, Karen's Worst Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, we both knew that. We both had that knowledge. Yep. So, Jack Shepard, yeah, thank you so much for joining me here tonight at your apartment. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you'd think boys had just been invented. Not our sign off. I'm cutting all that. <laughs> In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for the Babysitter's Club. So uh, just, just to clear something up, because we got some, some kind words from Baby Nation about it. Um, we know that the audio on the theme song was double speed. Mm-hmm. That's intentional. 